0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff, too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Daily.
0: Thank you guys for filling in. I really appreciate it. It was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. Chance thoroughly enjoyed the podcast studio. He sat here with me (laughs) and went, I can see you, and it helped. It was great, and it (laughs) sounded good, too, which was nice. Well, good. Well, I was
1: away in Silicon Valley for the entire week And had some visitation. I I visited a few companies.
0: Can we start calling it the land of non-reality? Forget virtual reality. Can we call it the land of non-reality? You
1: are not kidding. I'm in this. I I don't know how big Silicon Valley is. It's a good size, but everything there. I I go to various customers, and so I went to Lucid Motors and Neo, formerly Mm -hmm. Next EV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Neo, by the way, is bigger than Faraday. They're over two thousand employees. Worldwide,
0: and are they another Chinese-funded yes, monster? Yes, they are. Of course, they are.
1: Yes, they are. As is Lucid, Karma, yes. Tesla, yeah, partly all of them. Mm-hmm. Man, so I'm uh, I'm there, and traffic is just horrendous. If you're in the Bay Area or if you're in Silicon Valley, San Jose area, any of that, you know the traffic is just it's crazy. I'm just floored by this, and I'm thinking you. For all the tech startups, and by the way, being a tech startup means you're in a janky old office building from the 80s with musty carpet and sagging faux ceilings, and you're a startup, Ooh. and this is your building while your funding is coming in, yeah. and your new building over here is being built.
0: Unbelievable.
1: So I go to uh, various customers, various people here, and uh, the, <laughs> the buildings that they buy are on innovation drive between... Intel and Cisco, or they're real near between Facebook and Google or something like that. I'm just going, you don't have to buy that building. You could have bought the building eight miles away to the north or to the east or any direction.
0: But you can't show off as much.
1: Buy a floating barge and put your building out (laughs) there in the bay. You're right. And you've got plenty of space. You're right, yeah. Because now all these companies are trying to solve the problem they're creating. The traffic is horrendous. Interesting point. 10,000 cars are pouring into Cisco. Yeah. However many cars there are. Yeah, yeah, I get your point. And so everybody's in the same off ramp, and you, you just can't yeah. move. And to be the building right next door for the sec- the other company, whatever you are, yeah. Yeah. you didn't have to buy that building.
0: Well, uh, you, you, didn't. you bring you just brought up a great point though. If all of those companies are essentially. If you're an executive or you're the idea guy of one of those companies, and you're spending all this time every day getting frustrated sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic (laughs) because all of you are startups of the same street, what are you going to think of? Well, I wish I could stop traffic. Well, I wish I could have an autonomous pod. Mm -hmm. So now suddenly you've created a problem, and now you're creating a solve that isn't necessarily universal. So here's the solve. We're going to cordon
1: off this 50 square mile area and it's going to be okay. autonomous cars only. Okay. That can operate in this area. Sure. And that's it. And so you take control <laughs> if you want to drive, you know, when you exit this yes. zone of autonomy and <laughs> I don't even know if that'll solve it. There's going to be no. so many cars pouring into this area and I'm just, it's, it's really shocking because where Lucid is at mm-hmm. in Menlo park mm-hmm. is an area, I don't know, four blocks by two blocks from the bay to the freeway. Mm. A large swath that is owned entirely by Facebook. They're going to mow the entire thing down by the end of 2017 and build Facebook City. Because Wait, their headquarters face, wasn't.
0: Facebook City? Facebook City. Facebook City. Are they going to have this a governor I and a mayor? I, I, I'm <laughs> the mayor of Facebook City. What What is that job? I don't know. Do they
1: have theme park rides in Facebook City? You got me. Is it
0: like Universal Studios? <laughs> Yay, Facebook City. I hope so. Oh, honestly. my gosh.
1: I hope so. So yeah, all these companies, and so I went to to Lucid and very interesting. Yeah, thanks thanks to Lucid for for hosting
0: me. Anything you can even share?
1: Mm, gosh, uh, not much. Although uh, I'm having trouble sorting out. Who's an American car company or not? Mm. Do we consider all these startups American car companies? Fair point. Or are they Fair just point. do they just have their headquarters or one of their headquarters yeah. in Silicon Valley in San Jose somewhere?
0: Yeah. That's because a good point. I do
1: consider Tesla a car, an American car company, despite sure. Elon being from South Africa. Sure. I see that point. Tesla is designed and built in California. Yeah. They're American as it gets. Yeah. So then we've got the big three in Detroit. We've got sure. you know, FCA sure. four GM. Of course, you know, there's the debate about all the car manufacturers that have plants
0: in the U.S.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now with these startups, are they American or are Mm, they not? mm. We've got American innovation and talent and skill. Cars are being built overseas. Headquarters are in Hong Kong and San Jose and Design Studio in Munich and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different – Strategic locations, which I find so interesting.
0: Well, but I I actually wonder if the kind of the origin story of the company decides where it's from. I mean, we've had this question before. I suppose people write into the podcast about well, but aren't is Honda is the Honda Accord an American car because it's made in America? Right. But it's a Honda. That's a Japanese right, company. Right. right you know, exactly. You, you can build you can build Volkswagens in Mexico, and it doesn't make them a Mexican car. Correct. Correct. You know, so, I still look at it that way. Yeah, the I, origin I, of I, the company. I think I think that's the only way you can. You know.
1: So what is the origin? It's, if they're it's Chinese tough. funded, headquarters in the U.S. with yeah. you know Indian uh, management and well, CEOs.
0: But, but take Faraday for a moment. Uh, I would I would describe Faraday as a Chinese company because the backer. Yeah. The the yeah. the. The impetus for that company is Y.T. and his billionaire hoodie, and his hoodie. And he, yeah, you know he's he's a Mark Chinese Zuckerberg likes guy. hoodies too, by the way. So of course everybody in, in hoodies. It's a it, that's there's probably the a, there's down, probably a mall that you have city. to have special access for <laughs> that is right next to Facebook City, and it is probably. hoodies for billionaires.
1: I think it's we should just, start this company.
0: You you remember the they still exist in some places. You remember the the hat company called Lids? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. This is this is a uh, store just called Hoods. Hoods? It's, it's just, but hoods you've got lids. to have special access. you got your hoods and your lids. You come in there with your billions, and you get your special hoods and lids, and you're out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I will never be in any of those stores oh but gosh. hoods and lids. I, I do really like my everyday driver hoodie. Actually, we need to start actually making those a little more available because I do. I've never yes, owned a hoodie in my life. Here's the contrast. <laughs> Tom in Germany— practically lives in hoodies.
1: Yes, this is true, this is true.
0: And so when we gave him a hoodie, it was just like the 18th one in his closet. Yeah, it's just and a- he still Tuesday. wears it constantly, exactly. <laughs> he still wears it constantly. This is the first hoodie I've owned since I was probably about <laughs> 10. And it is the perfect weight for yeah. like this shoulder season thing we have in Park City where it's not quite winter, it's not quite summer. We're supposed to have snow on Wednesday, by the way. I have my summer tires on. Which I can't believe. But, yeah, of course, but that's, that's the springtime. <laughs> Well, so I got this rental car at the
1: San Jose Airport. Oh yeah, and Dave Mojo on uh, Facebook asks, "When will we test drive the new Camaro?" Well, I did. I drove it around for a week. Yeah, and this was the SS. So here's another SS dichotomy. rental car. SS rental That's car. That's good. And they I were like it. Everywhere convertible like it. and hardtop. Okay, everywhere. So clearly Chevrolet and GM wants all of us to get into the new Camaro. Mm-hmm. They want us. Their their product placement. -hmm. And I think, all right. So you place that at the San Jose Airport. I mean, Tech Center. (laughs) I was the oddball everywhere. I mean, I took photos of triple Priuses in the carpool lane, just gagging. And the the rear tires on this rental car were nearly bald
0: at forty four hundred miles. Brand new SS. I mean, it's got the
1: C seven engine, four hundred fifty five
0: horsepower. It's a rental, and it has big tires. What do we do? Destroy those tires? I had a ball.
1: Traction (laughs) control (laughs) off. Sport mode. First gear and just hang it sideways everywhere I went, and I just I could. <laughs> How was it? It was surprising and disappointing all the same. To be okay. interesting, I mean, you well, we'll have to you drive, drive it in a, in a
0: perfect scenario. Yeah, but Amongst I am kind of Prius's, curious. Exactly, Priai. I'm kind of curious in that in that situation what it was like for you.
1: It was uh, it was difficult from a a parking perspective because of the long doors.
0: Oh sure, yeah.
1: They, you know, where they are hinge and where they finally open enough so you can squeeze out mm-hmm. and not hit the Prius next to you.
0: And it's California where the parking spaces are yeah. a good thirty percent smaller than they are everywhere else.
1: Yeah. No, I I liked it because the form factor, the overall size of the car feels smaller.
0: Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. It's that same chassis as the ATS,
1: which we really like. It's it's just still an angry car and yeah. it wants oh, to yeah. kill you as soon as you turn traction <laughs> control off. It even has track mode. It's just loud and angry, and I thought. Well, I gotta be that guy. I'm in a Camaro. I, I'm in an SS. I'm. I might as I'm, well just. I'm surrounded by Priuses and a Camaro SS. Let's embrace the reality of what I am. I, mean, I love that. I'm thinking the whole time. I am balancing the equation for the fuel you're not using. I'm using up. So we're Let's balanced. Just, there we go. We're Perfect. we're carbon neutral here, everyone.
0: We're carbon neutral.
1: It's public service. <laughs> Get yourself a Camaro SS rental car and go balance the world. Go go balance the Prii. I exactly. love that. That's very good. Exactly. So that was that was fun. But we'll we'll have to drive that at some point really yeah, we, we've, thoroughly we've got that. some
0: some discussions about putting that on camera for stuff for uh, for season two and for the web there's a lot of weird stuff going on for <laughs> us planning wise i'm going to try to get get you guys a little bit of behind <laughs> the scenes we're planning a bunch of stuff for season two on television which is a little ways away but at the same time we're planning a lot of these shoots so that we can shoot them in such a way that we walk away with a piece for television and we walk away with a slightly different piece for the web Right, right. Because we don't want to let the web die. We want to let the web keep – I mean, we said we would, and we want to. We want to keep giving stuff to YouTube. Yeah. So we're trying to think about different variations, new little things we can do. And along those lines, you guys may have seen our Sights and Sounds pieces. And those are exactly what the name suggests. I mean, when we would do a review, and then we would drop the Sights and Sounds piece, it would be a couple minutes of just just that. It would just be here's the car, here's the car's noise, here's the car driving by. There's no commentary. The filmmaker in me has gotten a little bit of a bug here, though. Which I love. I, I'm really liking this a lot. Well, it's bit. this is good. Because what I've essentially done is created more work for myself. But well but this is what I do. But we're gonna make those sights <laughs> and sounds pieces a lot more fun. Imagine them yeah. as more like a movie trailer for the car. It's still not gonna be any commentary. It's just gonna be a minute or two of just fun shots, great noise, the joy of driving the car that is featured. And along those lines, this weekend we shot our first. And this is a little weird, even in this idea it's weird. Because generally what we would do is we'd make one of these pieces as a side note of one of the pieces we're shooting to be a big compare. So we'd compare some cars right, and we'd right. make one of these pieces out of that footage for YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And then have the big piece yeah. go to T V and eventually wind up on YouTube. But this was different because if you're watching the T V show, the the episode that just happened, so many of you guys have written to us, thank you. The episode that just happened yes, was Mid Inge of the way. Mountains. Yeah. And it was a cut down for my feature film. And many of you have responded that hadn't ever responded about the TV show at all and just popped up and said, Love this episode. Thank you for that. In that episode is The Lotus Elise. Yeah. In case you have just joined us, <laughs> I like The Lotus Elise a lot. <laughs> this has been covered many times, <laughs> and that piece oh, yes. covers it again. In fact, that piece is about to be on YouTube as well. That TV episode is about to be on YouTube. So you'll see me cover The Lotus Elise again. <laughs> all of that to say. We don't really need to go prove that I like the Lotus Elise again.
1: No, there's there's really nothing left to
0: say about this car. Well, there is, but we had a very dangerous weekend. We had a, we had a good time. What happened is our, our friend Sean listens to the show. He just bought a supercharged 08 Elise, and it's one of those. In fact, one of you, I have the question somewhere, and I, I want to see if I've got the person's name real quick. Uh, Where was the one? Yes, Matthew Green. I'm actually going to touch on your question real quick because you asked about salvage title cars, specifically Elise's. It ties right back into this. Yeah, here we go. The thing about the Elise is you see a lot of them that are salvage title. And your question is, would you ever buy a salvage title car? In general, I would say no, especially if it is your primary car. If it's your fun car, okay, okay. Take, take the risk. But salvage titles are harder to register, and they aren't cars generally that your bank will allow you to put a note on. You've kind of got to mm-hmm, pay for them mm-hmm. all out. Right. So that makes them a problem as well. It depends right. on your bank. But a lot of times that's the case. you just got to pay for them outright. So our friend Sean bought an 08 Elise that was a salvage title because what happens with those cars is you get a ding in the clamshell. That any other car would be, we're going to replace your fender. In the Elise is, we need to replace the back half of the car. Yeah, and, and it's the, composite material. Exactly, and the, and it's one big piece. And the cost and difficulty of getting that piece from England, insurance companies are very prone on the Elise and the Exige specifically to just go, you know what? Your car is totaled. It's really not. It's worth much more than that part. Right, but right. the hassle is so high, they total them out. So as a result, those cars work their way back onto uh, the sales or sales force, if you will. They're available. Sean found one for a deal and he call, it was called, he didn't call it this, it was called the XES. Ex-Ease. Exease. The deal is they had a total release, supercharged from the factory. They put front and rear clamshells from an X Siege on a lease. Therefore creating a build car I, yes, a little bit. Yes. But it is the factory runnings. So we had that car. We shot one of these <laughs> new, I guess I'm just gonna call it a car trailer. For that, it was so much fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it did you more harm than good, to be honest. It's an outlet. It was terrible for my wallet, yeah. (laughs) So Sean bought this car in Detroit, flew out, and drove it back and stopped by on his way and let us drive it over the weekend. So this was our first creative short film, our new car trailer. We're we're kinda of coming up with mm-hmm, the name mm-hmm. on the air here. And uh Todd gets out, just grinning from ear to ear, and I'm thinking, oh no, this yeah, is dangerous. All yeah. All bad. But it was great. It was a lot of fun. Sean, thank you again. It was it was great. So if you notice in the Instagram photo down low on the front lip right next to the ground says, Existe. Yeah. I think you should leave
0: that, Sean. It's kind of unique. It's, 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 it's one of those things where if you're a car person and you know the story, you kind of go, oh, I get it. Yeah. It's also it's kinda, one of those things where you kind of go, should we take that off? It's really, it's <laughs> yeah. really just kind of sixes depending upon how <laughs> right, you feel.
1: Right. Well, uh, yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, can't wait to start doing more of these. I, I really enjoyed
0: it. I really did it was it's a different it's a different idea for us the filmmaker and me is excited about it but it's a way that we can put new and different content on YouTube while still shooting all the other stuff we're shooting and we're going to do look we're going to do single car fast blast stuff is going to happen through the summer which will allow us as we've done on some of the fast blasts like that 240z you saw it'll allow us to get in some of the right. older cars right. that aren't getting a lot of press coverage but we want to cover we want to share them with you guys those will of course be reviews but uh, this is a fun new thing I hope it turns out really well. I'm always fascinated by the misconceptions that happen about car ownership. And one of the ones that I feel like everybody knows, you don't have to be a car guy, everybody knows it, 3,000 miles change your oil, which isn't actually right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Don't fall for that rule. You should look up the manufacturer's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Look in your guide in the owner's manual. And then you should do AMSOIL because their synthetics give you 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by the
0: industry standard. Well, and some of their stuff will last 25,000 miles according to their testing, which I don't recommend. Please don't do that. The (laughs) 3,000 is one thing, but the 25,000, we're not recommending either. But those products are great. Amsoil.com, they have a great lookup table. We've been posting links for that where you can look up your car, find the exact right product from them. Well, we've got a couple of car debates
1: here that are going to be interesting. One from Spencer. He's out in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. He's written to us with a debate that I have never come across before.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you are the coffee guy among
1: us. Yes, I am. I I love coffee. I love the the natural drinks. I mean, wine is natural, grapes. Whiskey is fermented, (laughs) very natural, as is coffee. I'm looking for essentially what is the liquid equivalent (laughs) of Pop Rocks. That's really what I'm going for. Yeah. So, Spencer has been uh, a long time with us. Spencer, thank you so much. We're happy to to, uh, debate your car here. He was in L.A. up until last year and recently started an espresso tech company. So, he installs and services the very high-end espresso equipment Mm -hmm. for specialty coffee roasters. So, he's out in the southeast, as I said, out in Charleston. He's got a 2014 Passat. TDA, TDI, so this mm-hmm. part of the diesel gate yep, for personal yep. and for business. His business is ramping up, which is awesome. Congratulations. It's growing. And he needs this vehicle that can transport the full-size espresso machines. Mm-hmm. Now, when you and I go to, a, you know, say, a Starbucks
0: before an early morning shoot… <laughs> this is the only time I go to a Starbucks, by the way. <laughs> exactly. There is a standing rule, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> that when we get… What I say, what I say to Paul this is the insert crack of dawn time here we are getting up tomorrow to go shoot a car yeah. paul's next question is okay but where's the nearest place to get coffee and exactly. and and then we so we pull it up on the phone and we figure out our options and we pick which of the coffee houses paul would most like to go to because mm. they aren't all the same now everything They're i've not. just shared really with not. you Is may as well be Swahili to me because I'm going to walk into the coffee place. However, I then I'll throw myself into the bus. What do I want from Starbucks? I really want a bottle of water and a brownie because I've been good today. That's really what I want. So, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, coffee is not all the same,
1: Spencer. I know you get this, and I, yeah, it's got to be right. You can't just offer me the hotel room drip coffee maker, I will be angry. This is no good. This is true, yes. Okay, so he's uh, Spencer's saying, you know, he's got the automatic Passat. It's not a blast to drive, even with the right Bridgestone pole position tires. But he likes the mileage and the trunk space and long-lasting high-torque engine. But again, not fun. Mm-hmm. But here's a situation that we're talking about. He needs a car that is fun to drive, all these things, manual transmission. Ideally, yeah. That can transport gigantic, full-size espresso machines. These things are huge and expensive, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty much a one-time install for that coffee shop. These things last years, if not decades.
0: Hopefully, yeah. And,
1: yeah, I mean, they're they're enormous. And keeping him
0: in business, yeah. But at the same time, he has a photo that he actually sent us of one of these in the back of his Passat, and you can tell it's a Volkswagen because the hood is <laughs> the, the trunk is open and the and the Volkswagen logo is floating in space because it can't get any lower over the top of this coffee maker that has filled the trunk, actually expanded beyond the edge of the trunk. He's got it covered in towels just because he's got a kind of clamp that. So this is not working. He needs himself a wagon, and it's happening often enough. He's even he clearly you're listening, so thank you. He said it's happening often enough that he can't just rent a van or get a pickup to solve this problem because it happens every now and then. It's a consistent thing. Right. So hopefully we're talking about a car that is more fun than this TDI, which we will admit is a low bar. But Mm -hmm. wagon and manual and ideally rear-wheel drive, this has suddenly gotten really difficult.
1: Yeah, you see why this debate is so tough and why I've never come across this. Espresso machines, who knew? He also doesn't want an SUV. You might think, oh, easy solve, not so fast Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm. SUVs aren't generally equipped with manual transmissions. This is true, yeah. All right, so he doesn't necessarily have a manufacturer preference. He favors German, which I like, but apparently never a Mercedes. Okay. You'd have to yeah. go back a long ways in time to get a manual transmission. If you're transmission looking for a manual transmission wagon, Mercedes, yeah, good luck to you. The there. 80s, mm-hmm. we're yeah. talking at this point, maybe 70s. And rear-wheel drive. And here's the budget, 15 to 25K. So we're not talking. Hey, just go get yourself a high horsepower, yeah. brand new, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. No, no, he's got to be thrifty here. The business is starting up, and mm-hmm. this might be an interim car, Spencer, before your business really takes off and you're a millionaire. And please, uh, please remember us for the recommendation that we gave you.
0: Well, and also, if you're listening for Paul, you just it's just send coffee. That's really where we're going. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. send
1: coffee. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it's good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can you can send me a brownie, okay? Just just send Paul coffee. I'll take a brownie. Done. Done. Anyway, yeah. All right. So I'm thinking initially, you know, speaking of the
1: '70s Mercedes cars, a '78 AMC Pacer would do really well here.
0: Yeah, it they has were that, so ahead. Of it has an extra long door on the passenger side. I'm not really sure why you need that, but that exists too. Yeah, <laughs> they were so ahead of their time with the Eagle Wagon. Stop. Way before the Audi All-Road. Allroad.
1: Stop. Come on, they were way out there. All right, Spencer. So any Volkswagen GTI will do If you want to keep it VW, German. Agreed. I had that top of my list, too. And that price point, any GTI from a just about any model year, any well, you, generation. You drop those right? back
0: seats, and it's a bubble-back car. Yeah. Plenty of space. Yeah. And he stays with all the stuff he likes. I mean, honestly, it's everything you like about your TDI, and it gains, with the exception of rear-wheel drive, almost everything else on your list. It's yep. wagon. It's yeah. manual. It's fun. The GTI is a really—that's a short list car here. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's on my list too. I like the idea of a mid two thousands Audi S four wagon Avant
1: with a manual transmission.
0: Okay, I like
1: this idea. I had one; it was automatic, and I kind of would have preferred a manual in that car. Yeah, with the S four in though in those years, you get a V eight, so lots of fun there. I'm wondering if you could make that work. Spencer, I'm just wondering out loud, but I have a super-duper wild card. I mean, with extra-duper that I am dying to share here. 2006 to 2008 BMW M Coupe. Okay. What do you think? What do you think? The M Coupe? You can even go back to the 2002-03 shoe, the M Coupe from the first-gen Z3, but the Z4 M Coupe, say, a 2007... Could like you get a full-size espresso machine? Could you get it in there without shattering the That's, glass when you close the, the hatch? It's
0: almost like it's almost like you have to take and test the size because I get your point. Yeah. It's a hatch and it's kind of a rounded hatch, so maybe it depends I, on how deep these things are.
1: Yes, because all I could think about was Spencer. You need a shooting break.
0: Yeah, you yeah, need a Bentley absolutely. shooting break. You need a you need a shooting break. Yep. But, you need the Corvette Aero Wagon, because that'll be cheap. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That crossed my mind, but I thought, well, you know. That's out, for sure. Yeah. What the espresso machine to go through the windshield when you stomp on the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, what is the equivalent of that? Mm-hmm. And I came across the Z4M Coupe. Okay. And there's a lot of them out there. As a matter of fact, with low miles that are still in the thirty dollars to $40,000 range. Sure, sure. Manual transmission. Yeah, yeah. But if you go the right mix between... You know, miles in the forty, fifty thousand 50,000 range, and then on up to, you know, manual transmission and 2007. I, I think this could work. Okay. I'm wondering out loud. This is my super out there mm-hmm. with extra yeah. super-duper sauce. You're, you're, way in, you're way
0: off in the weeds. I see that. I see that. And, and it's a question where Spen- only Spencer can answer. How, how much? Because clearly the problem with it in the back of the Passat was height. Right. It wasn't what? trunk depth. It was height. So the question is, what's the dimensions of one of these, and will it fit in that kind of stubby but tall hatchback? I mean, we know it'll yeah. fit in the GTI. GTI with space left over. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. but it, that's it. Okay, I like that. It's out there. It's you're still there, sporty.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still get some stuff. It might have to be shoved right behind the two seats, and then I don't know how much space is there. I mm-hmm. really don't. Yeah. And how big are the machines that you're transporting, Spencer? I
0: it's a, it's a little bit of a dice roll. I see that. It is. But it's it worth is. looking into. That's, I like that I'm out a lot. There. I'm out there. I have two others. two others. Okay. the GTI was All on right. my short list of three. Good. Uh, I have to say, look, Spencer, this is going to be hard to find in the combo I'm talking about. Uh, you may have to sacrifice the manual transmission thing. But I'm, I'm headed toward rear-wheel drive for you. CTS Wagon oh you can get them for this money (laughs) and i'm not talking ctsv look ctsv would be wonderful yes the the car behind you would end up with the espresso maker when you took off with the light but (laughs) but it would be wonderful it'd be be, you know rear wheel drive six speed awesome Hmm. but those are they're just not at this price but the cts standard wagon in your price yes definitely Hmm. so it's a good chassis it handles well significantly bigger than your passat so you might not like it for that reason those cars were available manual but the whole combination of can i get wagon manual that's not all-wheel drive it's going to be hard that's a unicorn to make all that right work there. out work yeah. out but there's let me put it another way gm did sell the cts wagon <laughs> with that checks every box you're talking about can you find it? I don't know. <laughs> it was at least available from the factory. Yes. We know that. Yes. But the price Did point. Get built? The price unknown. point from the standard CTS wagon is is viable here. And, and a significantly larger car, I think that could work. And unique. I like it. Yeah. It's very unique. And then I have to say one that, to me, feels pretty obvious because it would do the fun thing. It would do manual. It would do hatch. It would do all of these things and price point the last STI generation sure that was a wagon sure yeah that is a fun wagon you're not going to find one in an automatic because it didn't come that way so Mm. you know and that hatch especially put the seats down that's got a lot of space back there i mean that's gti every bit of the gti in space for that back hatch and you can put the seats back up when you're not on a coffee coffee machine and just haul Mm -hmm. just just disappear it isn't rear wheel drive obviously But you're not going to fight off the fun factor of the STI wagon. It's just going to be fun. I think that that. has to be considered. And at your prices, you can find one.
1: I like that a lot. And whatever you get, Spencer, you're going to have to wrap it in candy, apple, fish scale, metallic, high gloss, mocha. Yeah,
0: to promote the business. It's going to be wrapped in mocha. (laughs) Serious. Oh, my gosh. All right.
1: Okay. I don't know that they – that would look too good on a Subaru. Maybe not. All right. Nix that idea. Anyway. Spencer, thank you so much for writing, and uh, we'll move on to the
0: next debate. Yep. We've got uh, Vlad here now. Vlad is writing into us actually from Utah here, and he's in Army training, and he's writing into us and saying he wants to get an everyday fun car. Did you see the price range here? (laughs)
1: Again, one of the the most wide ranges of price choices that we've come across. It's up there. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's the most... I don't think it takes the cake. It's yet, not but. the
0: biggest span, but he'd like to stay under 30, but then he casually throws out, "Well, you know, I can do under 60." So you've doubled your budget. I mean, even Paul, who will just <laughs> we we all love him for blowing through the Paul limiter, doesn't doesn't double people's budgets. Right. I, at so, least I <laughs> so Vlad, <laughs> at least I didn't double your budgets. Exactly. So Vlad has got options here, but he would like to stay under 30 grand. He he's kind of just leaning toward I want a coop. I want mm-hmm. fun. I want a coupe. I doesn't have to have any utility. He doesn't even have to have back seats. And so he's listing off what, for him, are the usual suspects with this kind of budget. Again, under 30, but could go significantly higher. You notice the mention here, though, that I think is a big deal? Hmm. He says, must have a nice sound system. He doesn't want to have anything aftermarket. He needs to have a good sound system. Right, right. And he doesn't want to overpay for performance and capabilities he's not going to use. This is this is a daily driver not a track car. Right, right. Those che- are those are things that
1: really yeah. informed me. Cheaper the better, good amount of storage. And he says here his last sentence is, <clears throat> just want to narrow down the options because test driving all these exciting cars would take too much time.
0: And
1: yeah. I I'm I not that just that just seems problem. like let's
0: let's just fill up the calendar. When are we doing this? There is some <laughs> hassle factor. I appreciate that, but I agree with you. It's like just go test drive them all and find one you love and seen. <laughs> so Vlad has given us a lot of options here to choose from, including
1: the new Camaro, <clears throat> M2, Mercedes CLA, Golf GTI, or the Golf R, Wrx, Evo Evo Ten. Usual suspects there, F Type Jag, which mm-hmm. I like. I mean, at, at, have we ever seen a car debate where we're debating F-Type Jaguars versus the GT86 in the same breath here? Well,
0: no. That, that, not only that, but then we also have the breadth of the Mercedes CLA and the Golf R. These are all in the same discussion of these are the cars I'm considering. We are kind of all up over, the, over the map. I mean, we have to, to provide some focus here. I think the thing that, that you're saying without realizing it, Vlad, is that, I mean, you mentioned here about coupes. Okay, so let's throw out the sedans. Let's just let's just take them all off the sure, list. I don't sure. think the CLA works. I don't think the GTI no, works. No. You're looking for, and, and not just because they're sedans. I just think the kind of stuff you're leaning toward, let's go a little more interesting than those. And they're fine, but let's go more interesting than those. I took out the WRX. I took out the Evo because you're talking about a nice place to be and a good stereo. Those cars are gone.
1: Right. Although we've talked about in the past about Stereo and options and all those kind of things can be resolved. Sure, I understand about sure. having yeah, yeah. it from the factory and usually, you know, on the higher end kinds of cars, the stereo is better. That can be resolved. So don't buy a car for the paint color or the, or I guess, test drive the yeah. car when, when yeah. the salesman, well, says, you know, what's your favorite color? I have this in brown. Okay, drive
0: the brown one. Don't, don't. <laughs> it's yeah. It's
1: fish scale candy apple metallic brown.
0: Mocha <laughs> coffee earth. Earth, Earth. There you go. Right. Yes. So now uh, <laughs> available in mud. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be ahead. really, really good. We've talked
1: about brown cars before, and people sent us brown Ferraris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd still take it. Yeah,
0: I would. You can wrap anything. That really is the key <laughs> thing to car buy. You, <laughs> you can, can dip wrap or wrap anything. anything. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right. So the Mercedes caught my eye, but just as a mark, as a brand here, and I thought of the GLA 45, the AMG GLA 45 that you and I drove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy fun. Crazy fun, unique. Yeah. And it's agreed. in the middle of this price point between 30 and 60 It's bang yeah, on, right about $45,000 yeah. used. Yeah. Slightly you're, right, used. you're right. Yeah. They are such a unique animal. Mm-hmm. And I saw the one that we drove just recently. I did saw you, him. Did you? Saw it yeah. again?
0: Yeah. I've seen him a couple times around town. It's very fun.
1: So funny to think, I've driven your car. It's on television very soon. Anyway, so uh, I, I'm liking that just because it's so unique and it's turbocharged and it's quick
0: mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm.
1: it's just you don't expect this car to do what it does and
0: i would i would go gla over the cla actually yeah, yeah. personally i think i would I, I would too
1: it's lowered it's as the gla as it comes the 250 it looks like a little cv yeah the amg drops it to the ground it's yeah. sitting on twenty, but even, but looks even like a
0: hot hatch even the gla isn't really see it parked next to any actual suv and go oh oh you yeah. made a hatch okay yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I like that. I'm I'm thinking about that as the first choice for me. Out of the choices that you've given us, I'm just not seeing the Camaro quite yet. I, I just, I'm thinking to myself when I'm driving that SS, it just do I, do I like this car? I'm living with it for a week. Do I like it? Do I not? It's hard to not be that guy in the car. It's hard to just sure. putter around sure, in this car. Yeah, yeah. You just want to stomp on it everywhere
0: you go. And I have the power; may as well just, use it. You turn into a rude driver, and which. Uh, but but Vlad's covered that here. He's made the comment where he said he does not want. He wants reliable, good daily driver. Yeah. Doesn't want to yeah. overpay for performance capabilities he isn't going to use. He's not tracking it. He's driving it around. So I agree. I don't think the Camaro makes much sense. You know what is on my list though, because I just mm. thought about it yeah. as. What's a car that has some personality and is fun, is a nice place to be, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's in this world? EcoBoost Mustang. Okay. Okay. It's not not a slow car. It's a genuinely plenty of power car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it isn't the big V8 brawler that he doesn't need. But if you take that and you start checking boxes and turn the interior into a nice place and get the nice stereo options, you're going to have what you need there, Vlad. Are you thinking new? Brand new? Well, I, I, I'm always going to say try to – With you, the EcoBoost a, oh, Mustang, you, could. Oh, absolutely, you could. Absolutely. You could the, the scary thing about the new on the EcoBoost is you can start checking boxes and make that car cost mid-30s, and it shouldn't. But right. the EcoBoost Mustang is, isn't extra capability than he needs. It would be plenty of dynamic fun and powerful enough for his usage, and I think it would be a nice place to be. I think it would be a nicer place to be than the equivalently specced Camaro. Once you get into the yes. big boys, I think yes. we can start to have more of, of, a, of a cage match, if you will. But I think if we're talking about the low-end stuff, I kind of lean Mustang for place to be. So that's why I went EcoBoost. Okay. I like that. I was also going to say a car that we haven't talked about in quite a while, M235i. Yeah. Or
1: yeah, yeah. M240i, so the new engine sure. in that car. Sure, yeah. Really nice place to be. It's not the M2. Do you need the performance? Are you going to be doing some track time? Are you going to be doing – you know he has the it's M2 out
0: on his list but then when he says things like daily driver not going to track it right, don't need extra performance right, you don't right. need the M2 you know you could almost go 228 sure sure and, i'm just thinking
1: you know 320 and, horsepower in the 235i is just
0: it's great it's great but just, i mean he could right. go but he could go to that 228 and use it as a daily car and put his yeah. money into making it a nicer place to be
1: Man, you military guys, I think you just sit on your money. You just save it up and scroll it away. And then when you get out or you go on to your next tour of duty, you just so, buy awesome cars. So many great listeners that it's we have so on the funny. podcast
0: that are in the military have amazing garages. Amazing You're right. it's cars. It's really cool. It's very cool.
1: It's really awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for your service, Vlad. And uh, really appreciate you writing in. If you've got your own car debate.
0: Unless you have, I have more. One more suggestion. I have, I have two more. I have actually. preempted this. Yes, it's okay. My apologies. It's okay. No, no, no. I have two others because so, I like the EcoBoost Mustang. Okay. But then I, I started right. following a rabbit trail, and thought of two cars that we don't recommend much, that I think would work here. And, and it's okay. because he's talking about reliability and good stereo, while still having a little bit of just kind of sex appeal. It's a coupe. It's a fun little car. So sure. Of course, that does get you into the Audi A5 or S5. You could pick take your pick. Interesting. Nice place to be. It's a fun car to drive, but even Origin's the A5. But even the A5, you're not going to I mean you don't need the big performance hot hot boy. The S5, look you get an S5 for your money. Sure. You could get a used S5 and enjoy it. But you could get a loaded out A5 with a really nice stereo and just feel like a baller. That's a cool mm-hmm. car. And then mm-hmm. a car I don't think I've ever recommended, but when you say reliable daily driver, good stereo, nice-looking coupe Lexus RC get an RC 350 that is a cool looking we've car. we've never recommended that car before it's, it's a it, that's a car that when I see it on the road I like it every time I see it on the road I like it. it it's not a car that that for me I would buy over some of its competitors from a dynamic perspective but that's not the conversation here right, right. it's going to be reliable it's going to have a killer stereo it's going to be a great place to be nice interior it's a good-looking car I think you should take a serious look, Vlad, at that Lexus RC, and if you want to, go for the big boy, get the RC350, maybe even F-Sport package if you want to go more Ooh, dynamic. Yeah. But I think that's got to be on the list. The problem with this disease that we talk about, the real problem, is at some point, you run out of either money or places to put your cars. Now, if you've solved yeah. the money problem, <laughs> you may still be like, well, honey, what do we park outside? And now you have a real issue with that car just getting beat on yeah. by the weather. UVs are you know, up definitely a problem. Well, you're getting all technical about it. I was just talking about just weather and sun no matter where you are.
1: Exactly right. So if you're in California or at the beach or you have a lot of sun, absolutely Covercraft has the products for you. They've got dash mats, they've got car covers like we're talking about, all kinds of stuff.
0: You have turned me into a believer about the sunshade. I have to admit.
1: It keeps the car cooler. Mm -hmm. It protects your instrument panel. It protects from UV damage, all of that stuff. Don't forget to use the word debate when you're checking out at Covercraft.com for free shipping in the U.S.
0: Did you see that Tyler uh, Tyler wrote to us on Twitter, question for you and question for me? All right. No, I did not see this yet. He asked a question for me that he actually asked last week as well. Thank you, Tyler. I did notice. He asked about racing games. He knows that I play racing games. And so uh, his yes. question was, in a racing game, do I tend to use more everyday cars or exotics? It's a really interesting question. And I've gotten to the point where, just by workload-wise, I don't do the racing game thing much. When I do, I kind of try to feel like I'm just sharpening skills. It's not the same as going for a drive. But (laughs) I kind of feel like I want to sharpen skills. So I typically don't pick the big boys. They're fun every now and then. You've driven for a while and you've done you know three or four fun laps and you're feeling good about yourself. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get the crazy Ferrari or the Pagani or, of course, I go for the Waira. And I drive it just for a couple of laps for fun. But generally, if you're going to find me sitting behind my little digital wheel there, because I do have a wheel. I wish I had the whole seat. But, you know, anyway, life invades. So if I'm going to sit behind the wheel there and I'm actually going to do some time, I pick things like the – BMW M2 or even my car, the GT86 or a Miata or something that I know has in real world good, normal, reliable dynamics. I love driving Elises in games like this. Cars that I I have actually driven in real life have driven hard in real life and I know have reliable dynamics. Sure, sure. Because that way I feel like I can sharpen my skills and also – You don't do that thing that's so easy in racing games, which is you're actually driving terribly, but it's a 200-mile-an-hour car. (laughs) So when you get to any kind of straight, you blow by everybody else in the race and then proceed to screw up the next four corners. But it doesn't matter because you get to the straight and you blow by everybody. I try not to do that.
1: Right, right. I love the question. And I like that – sort of normal cars that you and I like with a few parts on them. Sticky tires, a suspension and there, brakes, a little bit more power. Sometimes I don't feel like the dynamics quite equate to, you know, I'll I'll say, gosh, you know, this car is faster than this off the line. Come on. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I should be going faster. That sensation of speed just isn't there. All right. It'd be nice to upgrade to an M3 or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Interestingly, we've kind of gravitated away from the super crazy it almost gets boring to be honest because it's so fast, and the the reaction times are so twitchy at that point. But then when you really work a a
0: you know an everyday car a, a normal car you, and you yeah. get it right and you carve so three, satisfying you carve three tenths off your lap time and you're so euphoric satisfying. because you couldn't believe three more tenths were available from that car. That is cool. It's it's weird and geeky, but you were absolutely that way for sure. Well,
1: Tyler had a question for me too about the millionth nine eleven. What do I think? I think it's green. It's cool looking. Why wasn't it blue? I like
0: blue. Yeah, I, but Why was this car they not they blue? Because they've so rarely made green. And there's yes, there's they a have. classic one of green with the tan interior and it's a reference back to that. But of course it's a car they aren't gonna sell. Hound's Tooth. It's yeah, it's a car they aren't gonna sell. <laughs> They're gonna put a plaque on the side and yeah, put it in the yeah, museum yeah. somewhere, and so it could be any color they wanted it to be. It's a millionth. Millionth car,
1: onwards. Let's keep building more. Yeah. I say. Can't wait for the G T three. Uh, yeah, nice question. Uh, Bernie is asking on Twitter as well. What are our thoughts on wrapping a twenty-five thousand dollar car, because it would cost seventeen hundred bucks, seventeen hundred fifty dollars. He's got a sixteen twenty sixteen Mustang, and he wants to make it Grabber blue rather than silver. That's actually not a bad price, to be honest. I agree with you. That's I think not this is bad at all. Totally and completely worth it. It's it's one of those things where you know it's it's um. I wouldn't say it adds to the value of the car, but it adds to the value for you, Bernie. If you love your car even more because it's a fresh color and you like it more and you want to drive it and all those kinds of things and you want to keep it longer, I say do it. Mm -hmm. If it makes you just change your attitude about the car you have and instead of thinking, well, what's next – Wrap your car and you fall in love with it
0: all over again? Yeah, if it's, if it, if, if that really takes costs, you. Yeah, totally. Well, done. and also, because the great thing about wrapping and dipping as well, but the great thing about wrapping in this equation is I was talking to my wife about this this weekend. She was asking the difference because we saw this crazy metallic wrap on a car and she was like, <laughs> what color paint is that? And I was like, that's not a paint. That's a wrap. Right. But what's interesting is if you, if you repaint a factory car in a different color than it came from the factory, the car will most likely lose value because it's not really painted that color under the hood, inside the doors. It's not really orange. It really came out of the factory silver. Right. But if you wrap it, now your paint underneath is protected. Yeah. And you have it any color you want. And when you want to sell it, it doesn't impact the value because you can peel the wrap off. And now it is a pristine, hopefully, paint underneath – of whatever the factory color was. So it doesn't damage your uh, the, the worth of the car at all. And you can just play around with it. And dipping is so good now. Dipping, you can do your wheels. You can do just about
1: everything. Yes, yeah, It's, yeah, it's yeah. just... Same kind of thing. They're really great. And uh, I've considered it. It's crossed my mind. Just Oh, absolutely. You know, the cost is there. But I thought, oh, well, that's kind of cool. It's just, you know... But look, I'll tell you, cool. honestly,
0: I would buy a car that I really want in a color I don't really want because of wrapping
1: because it's so good now yeah, yeah.
0: because I, yeah. I would buy and we all know i don't want a gun mail gray or a uh, or a silver car i don't want that but you'd go but for i that. would buy one if i got a good deal on it and then i'd wrap it in a teenage car color of course i would <laughs> so silver lease and wrap it something fun yeah something, something ridiculous crazy. something yeah. ridiculous absolutely i like it
1: i like it all right what else on here i uh wanted to cover rich johnson's question about car covers He's asking, if your car's not freshly washed, is it better to not use the cover? Mm, that's good. Because he's worrying about scratches. That's a great question. Rich, I hope you are putting your car cover on properly. That means starting in the middle and unrolling to the front and the rear. Same thing when you're taking it off. You take it off the front and the rear first, and you roll it up towards the center of the car, and then flop it over and put it in your trunk.
0: All right. I, I didn't know any of this until it's, the first time I saw I helped Paul unwrap his Audi, and that was the whole procedure. And yeah, you learn. You have to learn once.
1: Well, the reason is again scratches. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just you know you're trying to slide it around and position it, and it's blowing in the wind, and then you know you really can introduce sure. scratches. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of depends. If your car has is just light dust or just fine kind of stuff, I don't think it's too much to worry about. But if, if you have genuine dirt on there, I mean. We're we're talking really uh, off the deep end car care kind of here, you,
0: you know,
1: quick quick spray
0: down. Maybe if you have uh, some, <laughs> he pulls into work, some... <laughs> parks, sprays down his car, well, wipes the whole thing, that puts the car cover on, walks in to find his and everybody he works with going, yeah, you don't work here anymore. I'm sorry, we just can't <laughs> sorry. handle that. People like you,
1: no, uh, if if it's really dirty, but I guess the thing is, you could if it doesn't move around, if it's a nice tight fit. Then you're okay. That's a key thing. Yeah. It's the it's the motion, you know, that that will will scratch. You know, if it's windy or flapping in the breeze or something like that, that could introduce scratches. Generally, I say you're you're probably okay, but you know, keep your car waxed and shined and all that stuff. Keep it really cared for, and then you have less to worry about there. So, I, I just wanted to cover that interesting question. I liked it. What else do you got here? Well,
0: you know, I did mention Matthew's conversation earlier about the Elise, uh, the salvage title Elise, and that is specifically related to those clamshell things. In general, Matthew, I would say, and I know I touched on it briefly earlier, I would not recommend the salvage or branded title car if it's your primary car. If it's your track toy As long as the frame's not damaged and it's clean, make that your track car because that car's going to get dinged anyway. If it's your daily car, if your car your family has to rely on, I would be very cautious unless, in the case of something like an Elise, you can find a pattern where, oh, lots of these cars are salvaged because of fill-in-the-blank, in the the case of the Elise, the clamshells. that doesn't really affect the car, but because of insurance, that's what happens. They are harder to buy, and they can be harder to insure. So uh, just keep that in mind. We've really got to do Kevin's questions here. Kevin D is
1: writing a couple of questions. Okay. I think are definitely a longer car debate here rather than just a quick question here. First of all is what are each of our favorite new cars at each price point? Well, Kevin, yeah. Welcome to an entire podcast. That's going to have to, to be
0: a Tuesday, a Tuesday question. I, I discussion, think so. Yeah.
1: I, I like it though. So we we keep saying we'll have to do it. We're really going to have to do it. And then the second question is if you could magically, magically piece together a car made from lots of existing cars and parts well, Lotus Existe is a perfect example.
0: <laughs> Except it's still kind of Lotus. <laughs> it's but yeah. kind
1: of Lotus. But yes, uh, he's got a posting on Reddit and has had a lot of interesting responses. Sort of a fun, uh, fun game to play. But no, I, I really like these. I think they're longer than uh, than just quick here on the podcast. But thank you for writing, Kevin, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to do this. Take some thought, though. When you're at work and you're kind on of both of them, yeah, you know, both of them, take some and yeah. can think about it for a while. Yeah. Then, uh, then yeah, we can come up with something. But. Um,
0: but I like it. Do you see uh, Devin's question on Facebook? I like this one. I thought about it a couple of ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna describe it further. I he did. said, "What's one exterior appearance modification we find tasteful, and what's one we cannot stand to see on a car?" And I and I want to go even <laughs> further. I mean, because look, you could go crazy into the wings and body panels and that kind of stuff. But I was trying to think of just little tiny tweaks. That are either okay. that for me personally and go wherever you want, but just for me okay. personally, I okay. just kind of narrowed it down to what's something really tiny. It doesn't take much, but I love that you did that or I hate that you did that. And okay. I've got one okay. on both categories. Right. One I love is people take badges off the car.
1: Welcome to Germany. Everybody yeah. debadges their Turbo I just, S. So you I just don't like that know I just that you're that I like much badges tax.
0: off the car. And I don't mean yeah. like even the branding badge, like the BMW badge stays, but just like all the numbers and the extra this is what my engine is, I just like all that gone. And then naming your
1: car and your license plate. Exactly. Like yeah. Actual mm-hmm. model yeah. of the Stop.
0: Stop. Car, Please stop. Right? But so I like I like that. You know, I think that always looks really cool. But then in the same category in the other direction, you walked into an auto parts store and you bought the little round Buick-style <laughs> vents, and you stuck them on the side of, what are you doing? They're Maserati Stop. vents. Stop. The, Stop. The connection is so that, uh, strong. And, and, and the cars you see them on is like, here's my Civic with hood vents. No. <laughs> they, 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 they're played out on Buicks, and Buicks used to have a reason for it. Exactly. Okay? So I just
1: uh. – Excellent question, Devin. I uh, I feel like wheels are the single best thing you can do for your car in terms of appearance mm-hmm. and performance. Mm-hmm. Wheels, because we can go with the plus one, plus twos. You can go a little bit wider, get a little bit, you know, a little few more millimeters of rubber on there. And you can go lighter. Car all kinds of things is a perfect example of that. You mm. love your your summer setup. Yeah, yeah. It, it just changes everything about that car. And it all does. All you've done is put wheels on. It does, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You haven't and lowered it, it. You haven't done anything.
0: Yeah, but it, it looks like a very different, much more attractive car with my summer wheels. I, I totally agree.
1: I mean, going way out there, Devin, I really love the BMW art cars. Jeff Kuhn's latest from I think 2010. The guys got some incredible art, and uh, yeah, I've, I've always liked the uh, the art cars from all the the decades. As a matter of fact, but uh, it just doesn't seem like you know anybody beyond BMW does that you know from the factory or as a as a thing. So that's kind of a one off. That's way out there. But for me, for the thing that I can't stand to see in a car, I guess. Uh, I haven't seen the, the latest nasty car mod in a long time. It's been a while. The The bolt-on fenders are up there for me. The, they are, with the exposed fasteners yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. They're up there, but I've got to say, I mean, and this has been a while back now, but fake Lambo doors.
0: Oh, man. You have to
1: open them oh, man. regularly yeah. first, and, and then, then they, they tilt up. up yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. you spent money on that. You spent yeah. good money on yeah. that. And it does nothing for your entry egress. It does nothing for the structure of the car. It does, does nothing for anything. Performance. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. And I see, you know, they did it to the Chrysler 300C when it came out you know, mm-hmm. 10 or more years ago. There now. were
0: tons of them like that. There Just going. tons of them like that. Uh, yeah. No. Do you remember, we were at SEMA one year, years back, and there was an orange Chrysler <laughs> 300 that they had done the Lambo doors to. But the Lambo doors on that was possibly the most tasteful thing on the car they had done. You remember this? They'd done a Lambo door treatment to the trunk. You remember oh, this, where it I came up? About it that. came up like vertically, just an inch or so, so that I could, it could literally swivel and spin to the side off of one hinge. And we stood there for the longest time. And this is us, mind you, speechless, <laughs> because we so couldn't comprehend yeah. what was the meeting and decisions that led to. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna Lambo door the trunk.
1: I, I mean, I, I'm all for I, you know the customization and the shows, and it's a thing. It's a yeah. huge thing, and whatever eye candy and eye popping, sure. speechless sure. thing you can do to wow the judges and walls of speakers and,
0: I yeah, that is a thing. But <laughs> here's my trunk. Look at how. Okay, honestly, honestly, who has ever been impressed after the sentence? Look at how my trunk opens. Huh. I mean, I could Tesla all, owners? I could no. no. I could almost get to a place no. where somebody somewhere could be impressed with it on the doors because let's look. Every exotic supercar on the planet has to have the special way their doors open. I would like to remind all of us they're just doors. Their <laughs> their purpose is to get in the car. As cool as they look on the Lamborghini <laughs> and the McLarens yeah. and the new Ford GT and the Koenigsegg with their weird roll forward thing as cool as that is, That's ultimately cool. it is the way to get in the car. It's it all it is. does. But even if you're excited by doors, I don't think anybody's ever been impressed by it. Did you see how the trunk opens? <laughs> Seriously? No.
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Although, if you're paying $1.9 million for your Koenigsegg Regera, you want the doors to do something a little bit funky. And I get it. And maybe, it's appropriate for that maybe. level of car. For everybody else, the rest of us, just get in your car. Just get in your car. <laughs> just open the door, get in. Start driving. All right, uh, Red Mustang Five on Instagram has asked, "What car do you think has the largest aftermarket support?" I'm guessing that you have a Red Mustang, and you might think it's Mustangs, <laughs> and you might be right. But I'm gonna go with Miatas. I mean, mm. long time, and the, the kinds of racing done, the kinds of mods, the Monster Miatas, That's the up Flying there. Miatas, That's up there, yeah. I gotta say that's gotta be a strong contender, does it not? Mustang, I think yes, just yeah. by virtue of yeah. how long they've been around. Yeah,
0: right. And I, and I think the hot Subarus too, because they're hot interchangeable. Subarus. Yeah, you know, you've got yeah. your your everything from your STI to your Forester. It's like Legos. You can just start. What do you want to do? Yeah. Oh, I want to do this. I want to, you know. Once you start <laughs> so into I the figured that out. seriously, once you start exactly, once <laughs> you start working into the Subaru world, it's amazing the number of parts you can do to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think that's way up there. The Miatas I like because Miatas you can do everything on the planet from make this a nicer place to be to make this a drag monster and everything in between with the racing and stuff. You're right, you can go nuts with a Miata. I think the Subarus up there. Those are the first two that jumped to my mind. Yeah, I mean yeah. you can find stuff for every car on the planet, and of course you know the ubiquitous LS motor. You know, sure. now we're talking sure. specifically motor-wise. It's not necessarily every car, every piece on the car, but the, you know the motor obviously is in everything.
1: Yeah, I was uh, worked with a guy who was into boats for a long time. You knew him. Yeah, yeah, I remember and him. And he would always say, "Well, you know, the boat guys aren't putting Fords in their boats. They're putting Chevys, the Mercury Marines. Yeah. They're putting yeah. Chevy big blocks and small blocks in yeah. their boats. I mean, proven engines. So yeah, it's it's."
0: Side note, you know what i found really random? You know, last last podcast, Chance and I were talking about the shoot that we did on the the Ford GT.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. You
0: know what I find fascinating? That every single review or video has talked about. Every one of them has talked about the fact it's the same engine block as the F-150. And I'm really, I mean. That's not a selling point. It isn't. And I'm surprised. They're using that to say, let's acknowledge where it comes from. You know, this is a marketing thing. Ford wants sure. to get the EcoBoost thing out there. They're acknowledging where it comes from. And, of course, granted, in the F-150, it's not 650 horsepower. Granted. <laughs> but, I mean, clearly. But, you know, I, I do find it interesting that people are putting that out there and acknowledging it and then explaining why that doesn't matter. I, I'm, I, I guess I've been surprised at how completely universal that fact has been. It's,
1: it's a talking point
0: that is neither here nor there. It's just a talking point. Well, and
1: it, I it don't comes care. down
0: it but it I mean it matters of course because the people that are out there buying bespoke V12s in the back of their Pagani are, yeah. they care yeah. theoretically. But the other th- other part about it is <laughs> Not until this car blows them out yeah. of the water. Well, but but here's the thing about it though is it it matters from that standpoint of your exotic car. The the XJ220 a forgotten. Sure, yeah. That's the Jaguar X2 yeah. XJ220, which I to this day think is one of the sexiest supercars, just yeah. look-wise ever. But one of its Achilles heel points was it came out with a V6. It was lightning fast. It, it was a world-beater, both in zero yeah. to 60 and yeah. in total uh, speed. It was a world-beater, world and yet that V6 killed it. I don't know that that's an issue for this Ford, but I find it interesting that most of the journalists were sitting through three to four hours, three to four hours worth of press briefing, all the com- commentary that came out of that, they all thought to tell you, yes, this is the Ford F-150 motor, which I think is bizarre. That is kind of
1: strange. When I worked at Ford, I found an interesting fact. There was a GT90 concept that came out in the 90s, and oh, it was yeah. as if... Uh-huh. You remember yeah, this car? I do. It was I as do. if the design team discovered triangular shapes everywhere. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's like the RX-8. By it the way, if you not notice, we're a rotary?
0: Here's another triangle.
1: So to build that show car, Ford cut up Jaguar XJ220 serial number 00001 no to make the GT90 no. show car and the guy I was talking to said he found scraps of the car in the corner and Collected oh. the bits and pieces and made a, a shadow box tribute. They even cut the the serial number plaque off, and he found that and he, oh, he grabbed I, it and oh. said, "This is a
0: tragedy." Yeah, I I almost Why need a minute to cry because that? that's awful. Because that I Isn't that, that car horrible? is so unloved and yet so very cool. It's yeah, it's amazing. The interior hasn't aged really well, but you know you could oh the interior whatever. has aged terribly. <laughs> it's not the greatest. It's aged like a Lotus from the night from the eighties. <laughs> it's just like what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's exactly. not good.
1: Exactly. But the exterior is still one of the most beautiful cars ever, ever. But, yeah, that, that story was really disheartening. Well, uh, I want to talk about uh, Kuhn underscore D. He's asking for any tips for driving a manual in traffic because he re- recently started a long commute in his ST. Okay. And he wants to prolong the life of his clutch as much as possible. That's a good one. I have this thing, to this idea to run a, run across all of you listening. Have you ever, when you're creeping along in traffic, let the clutch out in first gear, generally first gear, because you're going slow enough, but Mm -hmm. it's that stage of traffic where you're not doing the accordion thing, you're just constantly moving at a very slow speed, you could, depending on the car, let the clutch fully out, and you're fully off the gas, so the idle of the engine has enough torque mm-hmm. to just motor just your you car right yeah. along.
0: Have you ever tried this? It's it's like the auto the automatic creep feature, kind it's of the same yeah, idea, but yeah. you get it rolling with a, with a manual. Well, clutch is
1: out, and you're off the gas, and you just let the car do its thing. You're probably moving along about ten, eight, ten miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You could do that, and I feel like that will prolong the life of your clutch. Anything that is. You know, less motion, of course, and less clutch engagement. Every time you engage the clutch, what does it do? Well, it you know, there's wear there. Yeah, a little bit of wear on on the pad there. So things like that, I've tried in traffic. It's not something you can do all the time. It's it's a little bit difficult. But you know, if you can just leave it in gear, and just you know, even if you're slowly feathering the throttle in second gear, but the clutch is engaged. there's no wear on it essentially
0: well i would also say you have to think about the fact that obviously when you're driving in traffic with a manual transmission car there's going to be some riding the clutch that happens it just does it just does which is too bad and and there'll be wear on it but i would also say take every opportunity in your in your driving to make the clutch's life easier and what i'm and the biggest one i'm going to say is rev matching up and down Mm -hmm. if the clutch is not having to fight the rotation of the motor to match that's a big wear item. So if you're able to do that when you actually are moving, you actually are driving hard, that's going to uh, preserve it as well and make you a better driver in the, in the process. So win-win. <laughs> exactly. Uh, any other questions? I've got one left here, but any other questions from you? Uh, let me see. I, uh, oh, Sean Clark asked on Facebook, have we ever driven or ridden in a donk? That's like the <laughs> old cars this. with the monster 30-something-inch wheels <laughs> or whatever. Wagon wheels. If not, would we? Here's the thing, Sean. We're getting into the whole low rider and, and low and slow cruise world and that kind of thing. That has its place. It does. It has. It has a it whole we love our cars car culture. I will admit it's not my thing. It's not my thing because I want, I want a car – the changes you make to it, I want it to make the car better dynamically right right so obviously this is not the purpose of a donk would I drive one sure would I ride in one <laughs> here's here's where I am spoiled I have a lot of trouble being in and around a car and not getting the chance to drive it I sure. would genuinely yeah. like to drive a donk, but the last thing we would ever do on, on the planet is go drive a donk down a canyon road because these two things no. don't mix. No. So cruising along in a donk just to say I've done it, sure. And, and you know what? I'll stay with the trend. Let's make it orange. Why not? <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to drive it, but even on the freeway, you can tell these cars have trouble. They're
0: just not designed no, for that. that. They're just not set it's, up. It's, a, it's, it's the exact opposite it's the same problem going the opposite direction as stance. Yeah, yeah. They both have created the same issue, which is the car is worse dynamically. One of them dropped it to the floor. The other one raised it up. And in both cases, the car is just not in the sweet spot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm all about style. You know this. I, I appreciate other people's styles. This isn't mine in particular. But I appreciate it. And it's definitely part of car culture. I just I look at this and I think, all right, you've added a lot of unsprung weight and you've probably tons, done nothing to the brakes. Tons. So you've actually increased your stopping distance, and therefore you should slow down. Well,
0: but they're not fast to begin with. But they're not fast to begin, but with. So fast to begin with. But yes. Yeah. Uh, just I, I want a better dynamic. What, what you're wanting is the big 30 inch wheel with the little tiny like uh, <laughs> coffee coffee plate exactly. brake in the middle. You know, it's the it's it's maybe <laughs> just slightly larger than a Blu-ray disc. That's the size of the exactly. brake disc inside a 30 inch wheel. That's going to stop just well,
1: smoking hot, just to try to get this thing to stop spinning. Yeah. Well, uh, one last question here from SK Reds, who's got a 2011 Lotus Exige S260. Sitting in his garage, I hope it doesn't sit too long. You've got to get driving that thing. But that's his problem. Is it does sit now? Yeah, he's wondering if he should keep it or not. Yeah, he's in Baltimore. His daily driver is an M235i, and what would we do? What will he regret selling it in ten years? Is
0: my question. Is his question to us? Yeah, I. Uh... Here, Here's the thing. I think from a driving perspective, that is a moment in time, and you might regret selling it because it will be hard. Granted, 10 years from now, you could probably find another used one. But I think it's a Maybe. moment in time as a driving car. I don't think it's a car that appreciates, though. So there's a part of me that thinks mm-hmm. if if you don't have a purpose for it, let it go. Let it be driven. Let it have a life. <laughs> to you, well, <laughs> now where, accepting now accepting this? Lotus donations <laughs> at every <laughs> no. Seriously, but but let it let it go have the life that it should have. If you're if you're genuinely not going to drive it anymore like that, and then down the line buy another one because I don't think they're going to appreciate it to a place. I'll give you the opposite equation. If he had said one M, as much as I would cry, oh yeah, as much as I would cry that it wasn't being driven, I would still say keep it. Because in ten years, when you want to buy another one, you might not be able to afford it. These yeah. leases, yeah. these exiges, you're probably going to be able to find one.
1: Probably. I mean, although perfectly unthrashed at the track, maybe we'll see.
0: But that's its life purpose. Its life purpose that's is to true. be thrashed at the track. That's true. Actually, did you notice that he's going to join us?
1: I did see that. That was his last part of the the uh, the sentence here. He's looking forward to joining us at the Nurburgring and the spa trip, our pilgrimage trip, which mm-hmm. is. Awesome. We're looking forward to having
0: you. The reason he's joining us is because we are just putting on the final touches of releasing that trip for this year. The only people that have heard about it so far are the folks that had actually been to our website and told us months ago. Thank you for your patience. Months ago that they were interested in going. We actually just released some early information to those folks and to the rest of you. It will be later this week. uh, So that will be out to all of you so that we can fill that trip up. We've had a lot of interest this year. The trip is very similar to last year with a few actual improvements, Yeah, and it yeah. is Labor Day week. We're very excited. Yeah,
1: this is going to be awesome. So listen for that for the next podcast, and uh, we'll wrap it up here. Guys, thank you so much for following along and for listening. We we hugely enjoy the interaction and yeah, the story. I, Spencer, I love the, the coffee story. That was so fun to debate here. So, <laughs> yeah, keep writing in with your own debate at the website or TV at Gmail. And then you see that we ask for questions. So keep writing us questions. We love uh, all the creative stuff here. And uh, we'll let you go. Thank you, guys, again. Really appreciate it. Until next time. Cheers.